inherently what is the eye of the storm because when i think about it the eye of the storm is supposed to be the central point right the part of the storm that is the most strong the most potent but it's so symbolic that they call it the eye of the storm and you know when i think about it i think about it as an i myself right like i yourself talking about yourself when god puts you in the middle of a storm you have a couple of options right because a storm could be a catastrophe it could be a devastating event it could lead to fatalities it could lead to casualties it could just be really bad but when god places you in a storm it's usually beyond your understanding beyond your human capabilities to fix and requires a different version of you to emerge in order to survive the storm now as you know we've been following this podcast for the last year or so it has been pretty damn chaotic last christmas i had a home and this christmas i'm back at home and of course that was you know it was hard for me um it still is i can't even lie solely because i don't like to feel like i'm regressing um in regards to my evolution because unlike you know my enemies my adversaries people who come up against me unlike them i focus solely on myself i'm my greatest competition i'm my greatest uh challenger me so when god placed me in a storm the significance of the storm was that it was beyond my control and what do storms do they're so beyond human control that sometimes there's nothing that we can do to 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 fix it to to box it in it just you just get thrown all over the place you just you know you just you just here you just there you just everywhere and like i said when i was thinking about how you know i've been thrown from place to place to place i was thinking about how significant it was that despite that in this storm i had the most peace that i've ever had in my life every time that i went within and you might say well what you know what's going within we all hear that like you know everybody's always saying within within whatever well the thing about serving jesus christ as your lord and savior is that he is genuinely the prince of peace genuinely and you know you might look at it and say well look at his situation look at his story look at what he's been through look at what he went through how could he be called the prince of peace when he died a devastating death 
He was betrayed. He was lied to. He was sacrificed. Well, it's not his circumstances that made him the Prince of Peace. It was how he dealt with the circumstances. You see, never once did Christ run away from punishment. Never once did Christ say, you know, I, I'm not doing that. I'm not dealing with that. You know, I, I, I don't deserve that. I, I, he, he stayed so consistent within God's will that even when it was time for Christ to be picked up and thrown around in a storm, his inner peace, his inner trust in God's will was so intact that he did not fight it. Think about it. If, if these army men are coming to carry you away, and you already know, you already peeped game that you're about to be led to your death. All your man's gonna see you die, your mom, your brother, your sister, everybody gonna see you die. Yeah, you know this. And here you are, willingly. He willingly went with his captors. Why? Peacefully went with his captors. Why? Because he was staying in the will of God. He understood that what God was doing was going to lead to a greater purpose, a greater mission. Something great was going to come out of this destruction. Something great was going to come out of this storm. So he went with it. And trust me and believe. Because he even told, he even told his man, he even told Peter. Because Peter was a, Peter was ready to go to war with them. Peter was like, yo, because remember, at the end of the day, a lot of people don't remember don't understand in this journey is that you are still portions of your old self are still there they still remain so even though peter had been blessed by the presence and the anointings of christ peter was still peter peter was still chaotic <laughs> right peter was brave peter was courageous those was his inherent traits that no matter what walk, you know what part of his walk he was in he was going to do what needed to be done so he goes to draw his sword at, at the at the Romans, like, nah, what's up? Like, we gotta bang, like, and what did Christ say? Christ said, told Peter, nah, chill, chill. It's okay. You think that if I didn't, you think that if I didn't want, you feel me? If I didn't understand that this had to happen, you think that I wouldn't be able to call, what did he say? Six, six or seven legions of angels. Because trust and believe, when you read the other books that were taken out of the Bible, the angels was ready. They was with it. They was with it to come war for Christ. So it's like he, I'm telling you, when you put all the books together, the story just, it fits. It becomes so beautiful, this clear picture. But yeah, right? So Christ is indeed the Prince of Peace because of how he dealt with situations that were thrown at him, that he was thrown into to, to move him, to move his peace, to remove his peace, to test him, to see if he was really what he was about, what he said he was about. And yes, indeed he was. So through him, when you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he is going to save you even when you are in the storm. You, you are the eye of the storm. You can withstand the storm because you ride with Jesus, because you ride with Christ. Christ taught us how to be strong 
when the situations are above and beyond as Christ taught us that sometimes, even though we may not personally want to do things or we may not want to go through things, we may not want to experience things. Why? Because we're tired. Most of the time we're tired. I don't know about you, but I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. The spiritual warfare has been on a thousand. Whether it's from churches who want to war with me, my own my own blood who want to war with me, my, my so-called friends who act like wolves in sheep's clothing who war with me, uh, other other corporations and institutions that have a problem with me. I mean, you would think little old me who have nothing, who have nothing. Why would these people be warring up against me? Because they know who I'm riding with. They know who I side with. They know who I stand for. They know whose hand is on my life. They know who has crowned me. They know the seal on my forehead. They know. This is all spiritual. So that's why it's important that when you are in the storm to remember who you serve. Have peace. Again with Peter, right? There was a crazy storm and they was on the, they was on the water. They were going to their next part. They was on their missionary stuff. And the water started raging, right? It was in the middle of a storm. And what exactly was that, right? Do you remember? Because while they were in that storm, they were freaking out. And Christ was the only one that was asleep. Christ was sleeping, right? Christ was sleeping. And while Christ slept, while Christ slept, they was like, oh, Savior, Lord, Lord, wake up. It's over for us. You don't see the boat is rocking. You don't see the waters coming in the boat. You don't feel the water. Christ like, Ah, chill. What's wrong with y'all? Just chill. Just tell the storm to calm down. They still freaking out, right? This is Christ reminding us that we know the word of God. We inherently know the word of God. And finally, he's like, all right, let me get up. He gets up and he looks out into the water and he says, peace be still, right? What happens? The water comes down. Then he begins to teach them, you know, and to remind them about faith, right? And about their authority, how they have authority over the storm, how they have authority to say, you know, if you want this out in the moon, you can make it move. Remember when I said that? If you believe, if you have faith, if you stand strong. Then, again, with Peter, right? Here's Peter's character. I love how the Bible just shows the disciples' characters. Even though, you know, in the end, Peter did indeed get scared. Peter got scared. Peter got scared. And unfortunately, with Peter being scared, he was... I wouldn't say that he betrayed Christ, but he denied Christ because he forgot his authority. He was scared because they captured the Savior. I mean, come on. If I, as a human, I understand that. 
in a very strange in a very strange way I could understand that I get it right but that was not Peter's character Peter's character was to be courageous right when we extract the good things while they were on the water and Christ had already commanded the water to be still. He even went to walk out on the water just to show them, like, look, anything is possible. He goes out on the water and he's still talking to them. Peter is going crazy. Peter is like, Christ, what are you doing? Like, no, and then Christ is like, come, come Peter. And at first we did scared, because yet again, right? Those are little faith. And he's like, all right, you know what? I'm gonna go. He goes out on the water. And Christ is telling him, this is so, this is so significant. Christ is telling Peter while he's walking out on the water, aka walking out on faith. Because obviously, as we know, with gravity, Peter would be drowning. And that was he, that's what he was afraid of. He was afraid of the worldly consequence of following Christ. Oof. What is this game of chills? And it's hot. <laughs> um, he was afraid of the worldly consequence of following Christ. Right? So, when all else failed. Hold on. Sometimes you gotta be on his own with your environment, with your surroundings, because they will be doing the most. So when That just distracted me. When Christ called Peter to walk out on the water, Christ gave him instructions. He said, pretty much focus on me. Watch me. Trust me. I'm here. Come. I'm going to hold you. I'm going to hold you down. I got you. Or I'm going to hold you up. Right? Because holding him down, that probably... Anyway. I'm going to hold you up. Have faith. And at first, Peter, you know, even though he was scared, he had faith. He started walking. He started walking. And as he started walking, he's like, oh, okay, hold on. I kind of got this. Then the water, I guess maybe maybe the water started moving too much. And he started to get scared. Maybe his feet slipped. Our feet slip when we are in the middle of the storm. We forget to, to keep our eye on Christ. We forget that part. Right? We forget that part. We forget. We forget who pulled us out into the storm to show us his strength. We forget. And our feet does slip. But just because your feet slip a little bit, a little bit, it doesn't mean that you have to just give up this entire walk this entire journey this entire experience everything 
Why would you give that up? Why would you give up your entire walk, your entire journey, your entire experience, everything that you've learned, all the times that God held you down, all the times that you've seen God's miracles, all the times that you had faith? Why? Why? But it happens. So his feet slipped, he got scared again, and now he begins to start drowning. Right? He's starting to drown. And Christ picks him up, right? And he pretty much told him, like, because you got scared, you you, you were starting to get a, a spirit of fear. A spirit of fear that I didn't give you. Right? Have faith. Trust in me. That is so significant. It really is. It really is significant. It really is powerful. That entire time. Like the Christ journey with Peter in particular is something that I just want to study. <laughs> Christ and Peter relationship was mad tumultuous. But so, so significant. So indeed significant. Again, a lot of the times we lose sight of Christ. We forget who we serve. We forget that we are the eye of the storm. We forget that part. We forget. But if God be for you, Nothing. I, I would like to even extend that. I know it says no one. I would like to even extend that. Nothing can be against you if God be for you. Nothing. So when you are in a storm, just like how Christ trusted God when he was led to be crucified, sometimes we have to trust when God is leading you to be crucified. I know that that sounds crazy. It feels crazy. I can't lie. Like, to be in it, it feels crazy. And and to stay positive while you're in it is even more crazy. Even more. But when you trust God's plan, when you stay within God's will, even when things look and feel and sound crazy, nine times out of ten, they probably really are. You probably, you probably really are feeling mad crazy. But yet, what do we do with that? Right? What do we do with that inherent feeling of feeling crazy? There's a lot for us to unpack in there. There's a lot. But you've got to trust God through the whole entire time. Because the minute that you get scared, the minute that you get scared is the minute that you begin to slip and you begin to fall. But if the devil thinks that the devil has any say, that the devil can do anything to fear you, to put even a little ounce of fear in you, you must strike down the devil 
with the power that was given to you, with the authority of Jesus Christ that was given to you to defeat the evil one. You cannot allow yourself to break at all. You can't. You have to stay strong. You have to fight. Because if you don't, you lose. You lose. Then you got to start all over again. Now, who wants to start all over again? Right? But sometimes, sometimes, what looks like a loss is your greatest win. Because when you are in a storm, everything looks like a loss. You're like, ah, there goes the roof. Ah, there goes the walls. Ah, the door frame. Right? Your house starts tearing down. And I'm speaking in a spiritual sense. Because in a spiritual sense, it is our house. Remember when Christ says that there are many mansions where his father lives? Very significant. Very significant. The mansion that you live in, your spiritual house, that is where all the tea is at. That's where everything goes down. That's where the storm affects. So when people are sending you witchcraft, when people are chanting on you, when people are scrying on you, when people are watching your page with with an evil eye, when people are talking down on you, when people are gossiping about you, they are attacking your house. They're trying to intrude in your house, right? And what that does is that causes a storm. Then a storm now, the storm of brewing. But because we serve the Prince of Peace, you got to know that you have the authority, you have the willpower, and you have the right to defend your house. And how? You defend your house with the word of God. You take out your Ephesians 6 armor of God. That is how you fight spiritually to protect your house. You have to. You have to. Because that is the only way that you make it through the storm. You see, God doesn't promise that there will be no weapons. That's not true. If anything, he actually even goes to say that the weapons will form. They will come to your house. They will send that magic. They will plot on you. They will. But it will not prosper. Nothing will come out of what they've done. Nothing. At least not for them. You will prosper because you trusted in the Prince of Peace. You trusted in the righteousness of God. You trusted that God is a righteous God. God is a fair God. God is a true God. God is a God of justice. And nothing done with evil. Nothing done with evil. Especially an evil intent. A chosen one. Someone who is destined to bring generational curses. Someone who is destined to be strong. Someone who is destined to change their bloodline. Someone who is destined 
to bring God's kingdom here on earth in whatever way that they are assigned to, you really, really think that God would allow the evil weapon to prosper against them? That's like God attacking himself. It doesn't make sense. However, here's the fun part. God will use what they've done to help you. All of a sudden, right? Remember, hear this. After the storm comes, right? After the storm hits. After this this time of where here's this, this big disaster, right? Think about it. In this big, huge disaster, right? The house gets torn up. You know, things get like broken down and things get destroyed and you start to get scared and you don't know what you're doing and you don't know where you're going and all these things, right? When that time comes, when that time comes, after the storm, when everything is all broken down and you're all sad and everything, what do you have? What do you usually have when you have a home? Insurance. What does the insurance do? It covers you. It covers you. It gives you a new leash on life, a new standpoint on life, a new view. Right? And therefore, with that, you are able, you are able. Yes, you are able to recover. With Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, our covering, we are able to recover. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We are able to recover because of the covering of Christ, our Lord and Savior. He is going to give you back everything that you lost in the storm. So if you lost a home, first of all, let's just talk about how after people get their insurance, do you do you usually go back to that same home? Sometimes, but sometimes not. Sometimes you get an even bigger home, an even better home. Sometimes you get to even move. You get a whole new leash on life, a brand new start, a brand new beginning. Right? Because Christ is your insurance. Christ is your insurance when things go bad. Christ is your insurance when when life starts to just get super duper chaotic and crazy and and you just don't know where you're going. You just don't know what you're doing. Here's this big, huge storm that's in front of you. Don't worry. Have peace. Peace be still. Have faith. Command the storm. Tell the storm exactly what you wanted to do. Hey, why don't you take, the, take down those trees back there that I don't even like? Do that if you want to tear things down. Command the storms. Most of the time when your enemies are rising up against you, they think, they think that they are directing you in a certain way or they're guiding you in a certain way. And, and one of the things about me is I'm, I'm very intelligent, very intelligent. And what I like to do is I like to allow my enemies to think that they're leading me in one way or leading me in the other way. Whole time, I'm watching them. I'm leading them. I'm guiding them. 
But the difference is intention. Your intention was to lead me astray. Your intention was to lead me to death. I'm still leading you to life, even though you tried to drag me to death. That's the difference. That's the difference. They'll try to drag you into a storm. And I mean drag you. But you have the authority to command where you want this storm to go. You have the authority to say whether or not the storm is, is the end. You. And of course, at the end of the day, God's going to hold us down no matter what we decide. But God's will for us is never to destroy us. It's always to prosper us. So it can't be that he just want to destroy us, but that he's just going to let us destroy ourselves. But he also cannot force us to make a move if we don't want to, or go somewhere we don't want to go, or do something we don't want to do. So that has been... This chaotic episode, and I know, I know it was chaotic because I tried to take a walk and the walk was just weird. That's how I know the enemy still be just lurking. The enemy just be lurking, 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 lurking. But whatever, they gonna watch. At the end of the day, the Holy Spirit was reminding me the other day that the scripture says that I will prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. If you don't have no enemies, who gonna be who who else gonna be at the table? If if you don't have any enemies, who is gonna be able to see the glory of God? Who's gonna be able to witness your testimony in such a way to say, I tried to destroy that person, I tried to hurt that person, I tried to scam that person, I tried to rob that person. Who else is going to do that except your enemy? It has to be your enemy. Your real loved ones don't want to see you hurt. Your real loved ones don't want to scam you or rob you or do anything harmful to you. So it has to be your enemy. That's the way that it hit. It hit different when, when an enemy has to see you rise to the top. When an enemy has to see that their plans and schemes didn't work. Have to go down like that, whether you whether you like it or not. I don't like it. It's never been my favorite, but it's something that I understand. Right? He prepares the table before your enemies. And what does he do at the table? He makes your cup overflow. That's like you being the, the center of a of a bash or or a ball. Right? You're the center of this ball. And you're just having a grand old time. And here's God blessing you. Boom, house. Boom, car. Boom, marriage. Boom, kids. Boom, successful kids. Boom, businesses. Boom, empires. Boom, this, that, right? And here's your enemies with the ultimate Snoop Dogg grill face. Baby boy, ew. God literally is a righteous God. You got to remember that those are the same enemies who were happy to see you down. 
They even wanted to support you when you was down, to keep you down. You ever had somebody offer you some help, but it was just to keep you even more down? That's what enemies do. But you know what I do? I'd be like, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, that's good, yeah, thank you, yeah, ha ha ha. You laughing at me whole time, I'm laughing at you. Because my life is destined to change. Your life is destined to stay the same. And you should hope and pray that it stays the same. And not just words. <laughs> my neighbor dog is breaking like crazy, but the door is locked. <laughs> all you see, it's, it's so funny. All you see is this little dog going crazy in the house. And you don't hear nothing. But, yeah. Have faith. Because a lot of us is really Peter's. A lot of us believe. A lot of us trust God. A lot of us have seen God's miracles. A lot of us know what God is capable of. A lot of us know Jesus' story. A lot of us know Jesus' word and his promises. A lot of us know. But when we get scared, when we lose faith, we start to slip. Right? I feel like when Peter denied Jesus, I feel like that was a slip. Like, Oh, no, no, no. I don't know him. Mm-mm. Oh, no. I'm, that wasn't me. I'm not a disciple. No, no, no. Why? Because he got scared. He didn't want them to kill him next. He feels afraid. He felt, Peter, even though Peter was this strong, brave, courageous person, Peter was afraid to live without Christ. He got afraid. And he felt like, it's like he felt like he had to choose. So he kept choosing the world when, when the test came. Peter failed a lot of tests. And I feel like there's a, a scripture I came across the other day talking about, um, I don't know if it was John or one of them, talking about like, hey, like we might have failed some of these tests. <laughs> I think mean, it was totally about Peter. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but they're saying like pretty much, you know, I, I, I hope for you to pass, right? You take these lessons, you take what we've been through, you take our teachings, and you pass the test, you know? And they say, it will be harder because we actually had the Messiah in our presence. You have to have faith without even seeing this person. We've seen them and we still didn't have faith. That just goes to show the, the, the posture of, of you, but you know They seem... Christ, they was with Christ, they ate with Christ, they broke bread, literally broke bread with Christ, money, food, right? They had Christ wash their feet, how unrealistic, what? But they did, it really happened for them, and they still didn't believe. So don't beat yourself up when the storm comes and you start to get scared and you freak out and things get worse and now you're drowning, now you feel like the situation is over your head. Don't freak out. At any point, you can command peace. Even if it's just within yourself. Peace, be still. Take a deep breath. Right? Command it. Because if you don't command it, I'm telling you, that storm is just going to throw you around. Don't get thrown around. You're not a rag doll. Even though somebody probably somebody probably really did try to make a little rag doll of you. I know they got one of these somewhere, like those. 
mean, it's not the same people. It's the same people. Anyway, I'm just right now. Uh-oh. Don't be just so far when you lose weight. It happens to the best of us. It happens to all of us. The most important thing is when you feel yourself losing faith, stay, that's why it's important to stay sober-minded because then you can peek in and catch yourself. And when you catch yourself losing faith, you can easily recenter yourself. Remember that you have rights. Remember that you have authority. Remember that you can command the song to be still. When those spiritual wolf, when that spiritual warfare come knocking at your door, you don't have to open the door. And that doesn't mean that you're afraid. No. Them being at the door is the storm. That's already the storm. You don't have to let them in. You letting them in is allowing yourself to drown. That's when you start drowning, when you allow them in. When you start sitting and thinking and contemplating on a witchcraft, on a evilness, and on a scam, and on a plot to, to kill you for, for, for money. And when you start thinking about that stuff so heavy, now you've let them in. Now they can evade your house because you want them in. Now they have rights to be there. So really, it's not even an invasion. You love them in. You welcome them in. Nah, put them in their place. When they start knocking at your door, you get in your scripture. You read that in Ephesians 6. You put on the armor of God. And you use your sword and you cut them down one by one with the scripture. Find a scripture that's relevant to your situation. And then you use that scripture to help you fight in the spiritual war. That is the only way that you will win. But if you don't fight and you just let them in your house, you can't be shocked when you start drowning. Hi. Right? So you have to fight. You have to fight. You have to stay strong. You have to... It doesn't matter what it is, because I'm telling you, the storms is going to be anything, anyone, any place. And it's not going to be favorable. But again, remember, as we started, if God be for you, nothing can be against you. Nothing and no one. So I pray for you. I love you. God bless you. And Jesus' name, amen.